The past week, we suffered two tragedies which overlapped. One tragedy that struck the heart of our people in the town of, of uh, Itamar, in the Shamron, in Eretz Yisrael, the terrible, vicious butchery of uh, a family on Friday evening, Shabbos Kodesh. It's a trauma that our people have felt very, very deeply throughout this week. The Levayos, the Hespedim, seeing the pictures, seeing the, 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 the monstrosity that was committed. And by and large, it's attracted, as it should, much, if not most, of our attention. And uh, the tears, the agony, uh, cannot be captured in words. But there's another tragedy unfurling in our world that may have been less center, center stage, especially in Eretz Yisrael, where we felt the tragedy in Itamar so deeply and so viscerally. And this other tragedy that's unfolding in Japan is one which requires uh, some subtle, nuanced thought. How our response should be, what should our response be. Things that probably are obvious to most, but bear clear articulation and organized, organized attention. <clears throat> First, and of course foremost, our response as human beings, as people who share the planet with other human beings, Jew and non-Jew alike, is one of shock, one of trauma, of compassion, of sympathy, of imagining un- unparalleled devastation to human lives, not just the loss of life, but the loss of of progress and of human welfare and people that are living uh, in, in conditions that are unbearable, facing crisis that changes minute by minute, day to day, a nuclear crisis that may be very, very, very immediate upon the horizon. And our responsibility as human beings is just to feel their pain and to sense their agony and to daven for them. This past Arab Shabbos in the Beis Madras of the Yeshiva, it was around 11.30, and everyone was learning, and Rav Lichtenstein instructed us to say a couple prakim of Tehillim. I didn't see him instructing, but I'm assuming they said Tehillim. I'm assuming Rav Lichtenstein had authorized it or hadn't even instructed it. And Tehillim is generally a, a device which we employ to deal with personal or national suffering. A person is sick, a person has uncertainty in their life, Amisvel is facing a crisis, in a few days we'll celebrate Purim and Megillah Esther, Lech Kinosis Kolayhudim, the davening, the fasting. But it's just as appropriate a tool to ask for Kodesh Baruch's intervention to prevent the loss of any human life. And there's no simcha and shamayim when human lives are lost, when innocent human lives are lost, even when guilty lives are lost. A very famous medrash, famous medrash about the Amsaf, that... Um, we mute our Hallel on the seventh day of Pesach because the Egyptians, Maisayadai Tovim Bayam, the Egyptians were um, were drowning in the sea. So the Malachim wanted to say Hallel, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu claimed, Maisayadai Tovim Bayam, my creatures are drowning. Who are these creatures? They were evil. They were oppressors. They were persecutors. They were Paris henchmen, Paris revolutionary guard. The world was a better place without their presence, and that is indeed true. When evil people die, there's celebration, but because the evil has been removed from the world, but they're still HaKadosh Baruch Hu's creatures, as evil as they've become, as much as they've degenerated, 
or morally deteriorated. They're still creatures of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And certainly when innocent people lose their lives as they did the past week in Japan and the, and the tolls are still mounting. And not just to Japan, unfortunately, we've witnessed the last couple of years and it's part of the human condition. National, national devastations, widespread devastations, the tsunami that occurred a few years ago in Southern Asia. So, our first response is one of grief and one of horror. There is no simchan shemayim when human beings lose their lives. To a degree, that's part of our struggle with Islamic terror and Islamic fundamentalism. Islamic fundamentalism doesn't just attack human beings, it assails the presence of a Kurdish Baruch in our world. It is a monotheistic religion, but it's one which portrays God as full of hatred and anger, as if there's celebration in heaven and celebration in the streets of Azza when little babies are butchered. There is no joy in Shemayim HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachum B'chanun, Erech HaPayim Chesed. And to deny the drachim of Hashem, to deny the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is tantamount towards denying His presence. It's tantamount to fear. So even though in Islamic terror, suicide bomber, or, or a terrorist would claim to be a monotheist, would claim to believe in a God. He's not believing in God. He's believing in some demonized version of God, an angry, hateful God. And that is not the God that we believe in. And sometimes our universalist persona, our universalist identity, is blurred by our focal, focused, national calling. We're living back in Eretz Yisrael Baruch Hashem and we feel like we're bringing and building a new era, an era of Mashiach, an era of the kingdom of Hashem, an era of utopia. And that's a national calling and that requires a nationalistic response and a massive investment in Jewish causes and settling this land and rebuilding our people. But our nationalism in no way, shape, or form contradicts or clashes with our universalism. If anything, if you are a true Jewish nationalist and you believe that we have a right and a license to this country, we're laboring, we're working on behalf of an entire planet. Judaism is the only major religion whose endpoint does not entail the conversion of everyone to Judaism or the slaughter of those who won't convert. That is the endpoint of Islam and of Christianity. Judaism's endpoint is that an entire world does not become Jewish, but becomes inspired towards a greater recognition of Hashem through the Jewish experience. And that's the ethic of Orla Goyim. And for thousands of years, we tried to live it individually. Individuals living amongst Gentiles, broadcasting, broadcasting whatever messages of morality, ethics, and monotheism we could. But now all of a sudden, our nation and our nationhood has given us a broader platform. We're a nation of broadcasters. And it's our job and our responsibility to broadcast this message to an entire planet. And, 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 and a person who settles the land of Israel and repopulates Jewish history in an attempt to enable and accelerate Mashiach is not only working for the Jewish mission, but the Jewish mission is defined as a humanistic and universalistic one. And sometimes it becomes difficult. Sometimes our hyper-nationalism pushes us unwittingly to situations in which our universal concern becomes a bit effaced. And especially in Artiso, we believe every centimeter of this land is destined to be Jewish. There's only one problem. There are other people living on that land, and somehow we've got to find a way to juggle our nationalism and our humanism, our nationalism and our universalism. And maybe at the practical level there are moments of contradiction, but conceptually, they're not just confluent. They cross-pollinate. 
to be a nationalist, you have to believe that Jewish calling isn't a bigoted one, or isn't a racist one, but is one that's meant to redeem and to ennoble an entire planet. So certainly when they don't pra- clash practically, when people, tens of thousands are dying in Japan, and hundreds of thousands are facing um, apocalyptic, cataclysmic situations, our heart goes out, and we say to Hillam, it has to be on our davening and our minds, the same way that personal illness or Jewish calamities are. And that's our first response. Second response, second observation is, without question, when events like this occur, there are moments for soul-searching, trying to isolate areas of behavior for improvement, for change. And Chazal already speak of this on countless occasions in numerous fashions. For example, the Medrash says that today there are no, it's a Medrash in Parsha's bow, there are no Nevi'im, but Hashem sends Yisurim in place of Nevi'im. And a Yisurim, a suffering, a tragedy that a personal level or on a collective scale is meant to awaken people and, uh, and and advance them towards personal improvement. The Gemara says in Brachos that a person who finds Yisurim who finds himself suffering, he should literally comb his behavior with a fine comb to try to locate even the most nuanced areas for improvement. But there's a fundamental difference between that experience on the part of a victim and that experience on the part of a bystander. A victim must absorb that message. If you feel victimized by divine hashkacha, and everything, of course, is divine hashkacha, why is a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Why is a Kaddish Baruch Hu subjecting me? How can I look at my world and my inner life and find areas for improvement? But for a bystander, to start pointing fingers and just glibly assuming it's because of this and because of that, because of this shortcoming and that shortcoming, that, playing God, pointing fingers, is both theologically bankrupt, playing God, you know the ways of Hashem, you know why something of this magnitude occurred? Where's your Yerashamayim? The basic tenets of Yerashamayim is that we can know the ways of Hashem. My ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Assumption that you can begin to understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the grand scale? That is an abject failure of Yerushalayim. And of course, it's not just an affront and an insult to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and a phaser of Yerushalayim. It's also, it's also morally monstrous, morally repugnant to dance on people's graves as a bystander watching people suffer, pointing fingers, rubbing salt in wounds. I heard that during September 11th, there was a Rebbe who gathered Talmidim in a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. Not a yeshiva similar to the, the yeshivas that most people listening to this recording, but Rebbe gathered his Talmidim in a yeshiva a few hours after the Twin Towers were attacked. And he started lambasting capitalism in the Western world, and the World Trade Center as a symbol of Western capitalism. How could he? People are dying slowly under slabs of concrete and steel, speaking to their loved ones as their cell phone batteries expire, and you're dancing on their graves. That is monstrous. It's despicable. Any Torah 
that's associated with that voice is toxic, is poisonous. And to stand on the sidelines and glibly point fingers as to why events are occurring, again, from a Yerushalayim standpoint and a theological standpoint, it's absolutely bankrupt. From a moral standpoint, it's unspeakable. It's horrific. Someone mentioned to me that one of the ministers in Japan had suggested that what is occurring is God's way of instructing people away from Japanese greed. He feels that his Japanese population has become too greedy. And this is God's way of sending a wake-up call. I don't know. Do I know Japan? Have I lived in Japan? Am I a member? Am I suffering along with the Japanese? As much as I am emotionally, but am I feeling their pain in a physical fashion? I'm a bystander. I'm trying my best. Perhaps he understands the Japanese culture. I, I imagine that even in his context, it may seem a little glib. But on a personal level, on a collective level, when people are suffering, when they're suffering together, they have the right and the moral responsibility to try to locate areas for improvement. And locating areas of improvement doesn't necessarily mean that you're absolutely certain that there's a one-to-one ratio when HaKadosh Baruch Hu or God sent a particular uh, event to repair a particular area, but just a healthy wake-up. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends these messages and expects us to respond as human beings, and our response could be multiple. And when an alarm clock wakes you up, it doesn't wake you up for a particular task. It wakes you up for the entire day. You're sleeping, and then you wake up to eat breakfast, to go to work, to learn, to study, to daven. Same with this is a wake-up call. It's not that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is saying you're suffering because of this reason. It's a Kodesh Baruch Hu waking people up, and each person may find different areas for improvement. It doesn't have to be collective. And that's the second area of, of uh, introspection. That obviously, when these events occur at any level, they're wake-up calls. But that we should descend into playing the role of God and pointing fingers and associating events with specific areas of human failure. And of course, the third aspect for reflection is how fragile the human condition is and how seemingly secure lives we lead or presume, delude ourselves into presuming. The presence of God has been veiled in a world dominated by science and technology and reason. We've brought nature under control, and Japan had sea walls erected, assuming that it could live as an island empire. Just 70 years ago, it was an island empire that almost captured the entire sphere of, of Asia. So we had assumed, we assume our lives are more stable and invincible. And in events like these, and similar events, remind us of just how fragile we are as human beings, how dependent we are on each other, and of course how dependent we are upon a Kodesh Baruch and sometimes these wake-up calls are healthy just to highlight the hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the background, the same hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that had authored the Nase of Purim. In the background, the Nase of Hester Panim. But not just at a personal level, which is obvious that suffering highlights the fragility and the delicacy of the human condition but also at a historic and national level. Sometimes our situation seems dire. Our position in history and in the world of nations seems persecuted. Our enemies rally against us. And we have to operate in that sphere of reality. We have to have a 
government and an army and politicians, and we have to try to plead our case in the opinion, in the world opinion, and display pictures of the brutal, brutal massacre that occurred and how the supposed Arab victims of Israeli aggression are willing to, to act as, as beasts and slit the throats of little defenseless babies, which, of course, would, would never be in anyone's vocabulary, anyone's imagination. But sometimes when our situation appears to be um, challenged, and we seem to be fenced in, and we seem to be facing unspeakable odds, we forget that the real, real turn of history, as much as we try, as much as we, are, we have to try, we have to partner with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the real turn of history is a divine intervention. And that divine intervention can completely, completely reshape our reality, just as it reshaped entire landscapes of Japan. It can completely reshape who we are and how we see the world and how we think of the world, both politically as well as religiously. We live in a world in which the prospect, the notion of mass tshuva, of the entire Jewish population returning to God, it would seem to be uh, inaccessible. It would seem to be unlikely. But divine intervention is only uh, across the next horizon, across the next ridge. It can happen in a flash and it can completely reshape the world we live in. And we don't rely upon it. We endeavor with all of our might and all of our strength to change our world and to reshape it through human faculty. But sometimes we forget the role of a Kurdish Baruch Hu. And that role of a Kurdish Baruch Hu has to, boy, has to steady, has to reinforce our, our fortitude and our conviction and our stamina. As difficult and as dire as our situation sometimes seems, it doesn't mean that our ultimate goals and our ultimate salvation, Bidei Hashem, the Yad Hashem, um, is incapable of changing a world completely and apocalyptically. So these are just some thoughts. I assume that they're fairly obvious, but to have them enunciated in an organized fashion is important, and that our response to this tragedy, along with, of course, the obvious response, Aniya Ircha Kodem, to the tragedy of a local level, but they should be able to articulate a religious response to some of the events unfolding in Japan. In Amrit Hashem, we daven with all of our hearts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should not take any more innocent lives. And there's no celebration in heaven when innocent people die. And that along with those tefillahs, we daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that all the heroism in Eretz Yisrael should be heroism of building our people, heroism of advancing our national, national future, and our national future on behalf of an entire planet. And we should not be able, we should not witness the Tsaras, the tragedy, the horror that we witnessed last Shabbos in Itamar.